You are listening to the Anybody Can Code podcast. I am your host, Amalia Cárdenas. My guest today is Christian Vielma. Christian is a senior software engineer with over 10 years of experience. He's originally from Venezuela, but he's lived in California, in Miami, and now lives in Spain. Christian specializes mostly on the back end, and he's worked in different companies such as Amazon, and he's currently working at King. In his free time, he practices martial arts, plays volleyball, loves to travel, play guitar, and volunteer. He's also running a fantastic YouTube channel, which you have to check out, called A Dev Story. In his channel, he covers tech topics, career transitions into tech, and computer science topics in a really fun, warm, and engaging way. In this episode, Christian shares with us his evolution as a software engineer and how surprisingly, after finishing his computer science degree, he questioned whether he wanted to become a software developer. Christian walks us through why soft skills such as public speaking, coaching, versatility, and influence are super important in software development, and what you can do to develop these skills if you're not super confident in them. Finally, for those of you interested in diversity and inclusion, Christian walks us through what King is doing currently to be more welcoming and inclusive. And finally, there's a super interesting part where Christian walks us through how his YouTube channel is teaching him how to be a better communicator, and he's learning all sorts of skills that he can transfer over to his job. I hope you're as excited as I am to get into this episode, so let's do it. Without further ado, I present to you the multi-talented and multi-skilled Christian Bielma. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Christian. Thank you for inviting me, Amalia. I was really excited to know that you had this uh, uh, podcast and it was really excited to, to hear about and participate. Thank you. So originally you're from Venezuela, right? That's correct. Yes, I lived in Venezuela for 25 years. <laughs> and then I, I moved out, I lived uh, around four years in the U.S. And then since five years ago, I've been living in Spain. So how did you end up in Spain? And Well, first, let's talk about the U.S. Because <laughs> how did you uh, move to the U.S. or why did you think to move to the U.S.? Yeah, so, um, well, my wife and I, we were deciding to, to leave Venezuela at one point. And uh, when we took the decision, she, she found a good opportunity with her, with her job mm-hmm. uh, in Venezuela. And she was transferred to the office in Miami. Okay. So, so that was a good opportunity for us. And, and we moved there. And um, then there was, uh, you know, like in the U.S., you, you have different type of, uh, of visa. Like mm-hmm. I was having the what is a companion visa H four, and and I couldn't like uh, I couldn't find a sponsor for my work visa in in Miami. So I started looking for new jobs and found a job in in California. <laughs> so oh my goodness! So then uh, we moved to California for my work, and then she was on the visa of the companion visa. <laughs> And uh, at one point, we decided to say, okay, maybe you know, like we are, bo- we are both also have dual citizenship, and we have European citizenship. So decided to to try uh, luck in in Europe. And 
Barcelona, we had visited Barcelona in 2008 and we thought it was uh, like a great city to, to establish ourselves and, and well, we did and it worked out well so far. <laughs> what was it like living in San Francisco? Oh, well, I wasn't in San Francisco. I was in a small town called San Luis Obispo. Okay. And and it's just midway between Los Angeles and, and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It's a 40,000 people uh, <laughs> town. And it, it was it was a great experience, I would say. Like uh, I I really I really liked uh, California. It's uh, like yeah, the people and uh, you know a lot of, a lot of national parks and a lot of uh things to do i would say and uh great weather so it it was a good experience overall and was moving to spain difficult or um i'd say the most difficult part is about when you're deciding what stuff you need to leave and which stuff you 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 want to keep uh uh, but you know, like prices of moving things across continents make it easier. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, but, but yeah, um, uh, you're just getting, you know, like you just start knowing people and, and start getting friends and, and after a couple of, you know, years or something that you decide to leave, it's, it's, it's a hard choice, but, um, but then Barcelona has been very welcoming and it has been great for us. So, you know, like uh, it has been great. And also even during movies, uh, when you have to leave things and that might be hard, it's also a liberating experience, I would say. Like yeah. uh, sometimes you're carrying too many stuff, uh, literally, and <laughs> not only in your head, but also physically. And leaving uh, some of the things uh, behind is... Uh, it's a good way to say, okay, so what I, what do I actually need, you know? Mm. And, uh, and that's good, I think. Has it made you be a little bit more minimal in your life? Yes, yes. Actually, um, my wife and I joke about it because we try to always keep things to a minimum. Mm-hmm. And like uh, when we moved from Venezuela to Miami, we lived two years in Miami and then we left. And then two years in San Luis Obispo and we left. And then in Barcelona, we lived two years in a home and then we moved. And now we have been uh, almost three years now here. But it's like, uh, you know, every two years we say, well, we have to clean things, you know, after two years, uh, stop accumulating stuff and, uh, and, and keep it, you know, like uh, to a minimum. But yeah, we usually try not to, uh, yeah, to have many things. We, we try to, to keep it minimalist. Huh, well, you can see from my background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I feel you. I've also moved. Um, I was counting once, and I think in total in total in my life, I've moved now more than more than twenty five times. Wow, twenty five <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. I moved from Mexico, and then uh, I moved to California. So I grew up in California. Okay. And then within California, I moved several times. Then I moved from Southern California to Northern California oh. to study. And then I moved from San Francisco over to Spain. And in Spain, I moved to London and then back. Wow. But, yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, you get that feeling of, you know, like... Uh getting rid of stuff which is you know like sometimes hard because oh wow this was i remember this was from this and that and then but you you realize 
what things actually provide you value, even mm -hmm. if the value could be, you know, sentimental or not, um, or usefulness sometimes. And there are things that you find that you put them in the closets and it has been there for, you know, like <laughs> a couple of years there. And it's like, why do I still have this in my closets? You know, like I could give it away. And Yeah, I definitely keep a lot of things out of guilt, you know, like, oh, somebody gave me this and I don't want to get rid of it because they gave it to me or I bought it and it was so expensive, but it doesn't fit into my life anymore, but I'm still going to keep it. Things like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> wow so let's switch gears over to uh your career as a software developer so you've been working for over 10 years as a software developer yes yes correct why did you decide to study computer science um so i i had a lot of careers in my mind and i went through different uh, options of, of, of careers uh, in my childhood. I, I wanted to be an architect, a pilot. <laughs> I wanted to be a metro driver, you know, a subway. I wanted to be the guy in the in the front booth. And um, and as I was getting into into high school, I did this type of tests when you get like, uh, what are you better at? You know, I was good at math and. And then there was another career, like saying, like, you should study administration, you know, like you're good for administration. And I said, I don't want administration. I want the second one. And the second one was uh, uh, computer science. And uh, it, it goes together with different things. Like I also wanted, like I, I really enjoyed uh, video games as a kid. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think uh, that um, motivated me to to go towards technology and in, in, in general, right? Like, uh, I really like this and I how can I do this and then start programming. And some of my first programs, even at high school, were about simulating some games and these kind of things. And but just before I started my career, I was considering psychology. So it was between psychology and <laughs> and computer science and decided to go with computer science. Wow, that's incredible, <laughs> no? Because they seem so different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of people having that uh, decision, you know, just before they enter college, like, I'm either going to be an artist or, you know, like a physician, you know, it's like, <laughs> and, um, but yeah, for me, it was psychology and, and, and computer science. So you seem to have those dual parts and, you know, like the artistic side and creating and even with the video games, there is that art element. Yeah. Um, Yes and no. Like I'm very bad on the art part. <laughs> uh, like I, I always joke that I cannot uh, even, you know, color things in, in the, <laughs> between the lines. You know, like I always get outside the lines, and I'm very bad drawing and writing. And but uh, and and after I started studying uh, programming, I, I didn't want to go uh, towards the path of programming video games. So I I decided not to 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 take the path and. Um, but it's still, you know, like video games were the things that motivated me. And uh, but, you know, like I, now I want to do other other things with with coding. But but yeah, I, I try to keep like those. I, I think they are not always disconnected, and I'm mostly on the logic part more than the artistic part. I would say a lot more on the logic. <laughs> but uh, I've seen like. Um, 
that yeah, it's, it's not usually like one or the other, like you can combine them, right? And in computer science, I think it's, it's like that, like it's a very creative job yeah. at, at the same time that is very logical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And did you know anyone that was programming or you just went into it because this test said that you would be good at it? No, it's, it's like uh, since I, the test uh, told me also like trying like I was trying to confirm like I want to get into computer science and, and the test you said like oh, actually yeah you could be <laughs> it just it's not shouldn't be your first option and I said like yeah I wanted to be my first my first option uh, but I started coding before like in in high school I started programming some like we we have some programming class with Pascal. Mm-hmm. And I started doing some things that like these video games, the small video games, uh, uh, and 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 I liked it, right? Like I didn't have kind of a uh, well, I had, I had an uncle that he he was also a programmer, but I didn't get any like mentorship or something or someone like I could look up to and say like, oh yeah, this, this is a good career or something. I, I just went blindly, I would say. <laughs> and you were doing it on your own sort of just to experiment with it. You weren't part of a group or friends. No, it's a, yeah. So I had the, um, in high school, we had this class. And then after after class, you know, like uh, on my own time, you know, sometimes, you know, like you do kids stuff like playing and other things. And sometimes I will just try to program something and see, you know, like I did my, my homework and now I want to do something more and started programming a little bit. <laughs> so you found it uh, that it, it came relatively easy or did you find it challenging? Um, I, I would say, well, it was a long time ago, <laughs> so I don't fully remember, but I would I would say that both things at the same time, you know, like it... it I would say it was challenging, but interesting. Mm. And it's something like once you get something to work and show on the monitor and and you say, oh, what if I do now this and do that? And, you know, like uh, a lot of the issues uh, you struggle with when you're programming that the computer doesn't do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a terrific way to describe it. It's challenging, but interesting. And because it's mm-hmm. interesting, sometimes, you know, when things are not working, you just spend hours and you're fixated and yeah and wanting to work on it until it works out no okay so you studied programming and then did you get a job immediately afterwards in venezuela yes yes actually um i i studied in a very good uh, public college in venezuela and mm-hmm. um and it was uh it, it gave me a lot of opportunities to work um and uh, and as soon as you know, like it, it, it was kind of nice, and at the same time, kind of made me a little bit arrogant, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, you just say I'm from this college, and then you get, you know, like not, at least you know you you will get the interview and probably pass a lot of the steps on the interview just by saying that. And um, and, and and yeah, so I started working. I even started working while I was in 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 college. Um, mm. I I had some jobs at the university at one point. I also had some works outside the university while I was studying. And then as soon as I graduated, I started working uh, also for, for a consulting company. Fun fact, after I just finished college, uh, I didn't want to quit 
programming. I, I wanted to to switch careers to project management or something like, like in tech, but uh, not necessarily programming. Like, <laughs> so, uh, why was that? Uh, I think it was my perception that was getting like uh, on the on the job market and what people would expect and from programmers. Mm -hmm. And at what point there was this idea of the, you know, like there would be someone solving the problem and then as a programmer, you're the one implementing it in the computer, you know, like uh, you just, you know, like just implement this. And I, I kind of didn't like that part. I like, yeah, programming is fun, but you know, like I, I want to actually solve the problem to, to be sure that uh, I can talk to people and see what, what is, uh, what we're trying to solve. And, and in terms of career progression, it seemed like, uh, yeah, you are just a programmer when you enter and then you start becoming, you know, like a manager uh, and, and moving to, to other roles, right? And it's something like, uh, for me, didn't work out correctly. Like if I, I want to have the full process, I don't want to be, you know, ah, you just finished programming. Now there is a, co a tester that will test your code. And then someone else that deploys your code and this kind of thing is like, I, know I, have, I like the whole process. So. Yeah, so you wanted to have more input and not just be told, okay, you just program this bit. and Exactly. And this is really interesting uh, because I think a lot of people do have this perception you know, that the career progression of a programmer is you program for a few years and then when you get to a certain point, a lot of people should be pushed into management. Exactly, exactly. Mm, and as you're saying, you know, if you were thinking that that's how it goes, why not shortcut it and go straight into project management? Yeah, and, and also, yeah, and they, they were like, uh, I, I took certain um, electives in, in university Mm -hmm. that were about that, you know, like a management uh, of IT projects. And, and, and it was very interesting for me as well. Like, it's not only like this is a career progression, but also it's, it's an interesting path. Mm -hmm. and, and programming seemed, you know, like very superfluous thing to do. You know, mm -hmm. like, yeah, you just have to do it to, to do other things. And now I think a little bit of that, you know, like sometimes uh, I, I, I see that uh, many programmers and maybe, you know, like I'm not judging anyone, but focus too much on the technology instead of the issue that needs to be solved. Like this is the big problem that we are trying to solve. And, and then there is the technology. So I think being able to do that bridge is very mm -hmm. important and, and know like I need to code this to solve this other problem. You know, it's not because I like to code. It's just because there is a problem that needs to be solved. And once I was able to get those two things, then it was like uh, what got me really hooked. Mm -hmm. So for people who do think that, uh, you know, that career path is programmer and then management, you're saying that you need actually to be able to do both and only when you can also understand the business case and what you're trying to solve and um, how to apply, you know, because it does determine which technologies you're going to use, which architecture, it determines a lot of things. It's not that you can ignore it, right? It complements it. Exactly, exactly. And and, and you will see a lot of... Uh, 
like there are different positions right now. Like when I started working, there were like other structures. Waterfall was <laughs> one of the main, <laughs> uh, you know, like uh, trends in. <laughs> But now uh, with Agile and different roles, also having like uh, product owners, for example, product managers, uh, when they are like, e even if they're not programming, they need to understand the technical restrictions as well. You know, like I'm focusing a lot and I, they, they put more focus on the business, pro business problem. But they, if they are really, really good, they should also know uh, the technical limitations that might be present. And mm -hmm. as, a, as a developer, you have it the other way around. Like <laughs> you, you, you need to focus on the technology, but you should have the context of the business problem that you're trying to solve and not understand it very well in order to implement a correct solution. Mm -hmm. So has your, or, yeah, has your perception changed now? How? Yes, 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 a lot. Um, that, uh, yeah, after I found that it was actually, you know, like a different company's culture or different expectations from developers, depending. And, and and I'm not sure if also at the same time the market has been changing, you know, like mm. uh, uh, in in the last 10 years or even when I started studying. And, you know, like the, there are different perceptions of what the software developers should be doing or not. And... Uh, and, and, and I've been working since in companies that, you know, value this other perception that more holistic, I would say, uh, role of the software developer. Yeah. So you were mentioning that when you got to the U.S., um, you know, you came from this school that just by mentioning the name, it opened up, you know, a lot of job opportunities. And then when you got to the U.S., um, it was almost like you were starting from zero and you even considered a career transition at that point. Yes. Can you walk us through mm -hmm. like what was happening during that time sure. period? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so yeah, when I, when I went to the U S yeah, it's like, they didn't know the, my university, like, yeah, it's a name that, I don't know, didn't ring a bell. <laughs> it's like, and, and, and I was uh, like, uh, I, I had at that time, maybe a couple of years, yeah, two or three years of development experience. And in order to get the, the, the visa, the work visa, the H1B, mm -hmm. uh, you, you need to, like, you need to find a company that will sponsor you. And they had to demonstrate legally that actually you are better than nationals to fill that position. Wow. And it, and it's you know like yeah two three years of experience and it's like probably there are well and even after ten years of experience there are tons of people that are way better than me in nationals <laughs> and but with less experience it's even uh, easier to find more people better than you and then the company also has to pay money mm -hmm. and, and then it also has to um. You, you you need to participate in a quota. Like there's at most this many people, people that can uh, get this visa. You know every year. Oh my god! And yeah, so it was like you know like I had to demonstrate that I'm from a very good university, even though you haven't heard about it ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and and I have to demonstrate the, that I'm good at this, and 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 it's a really really hard experience. So it's uh, doing that together with the with the questions of uh, do I actually want to be a programmer? You know, like because if 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 you get some inertia, like yeah, you know, I, I became a programmer or a, an accountant or whatever, and you and you get a job and you you know like life goes on and and you're progressing. You might get into the inertia of saying like, yeah, I'm good. You know, like uh, I can keep continuing that. But when you say like, actually, I'm not sure if I studied the right career and I'm not being successful right now wow, <laughs> with that career. Yeah. So maybe I can question a lot of things, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and that's when I consider like maybe I could move to other careers and and and, and try to, to think about it. And then what is when I was convinced that actually software development I I really liked uh, software development. It's just that the the focus that I was giving it to it, or the companies that I've been, you know, like looking for, weren't the right ones for for me at the time. How did you? The best one, yeah. How did you get someone to sponsor you? So, then when I decided what I wanted to do, I tried to polish my uh, my certain skills and and say like, okay, so smaller companies will have a harder time to to do um, the visa process. Mm-hmm. So I started to focus on the big ones like mm-hmm. uh, Google, Facebook, Amazon, <laughs> Twitter. And and I started, you know, like preparing for them and, and, and see what I can learn, what things were I missing. Like as I mentioned, like at one point in, in college, yeah, I saw algorithms, uh, and it was good. I enjoy algorithms, for example, in college. But then after I started working, kind of, you know, didn't pay too much attention to algorithms. So I tried to focus again and say, okay, so actually let me put more focus on these topics, you know, hard, hard computer science topics. Mm-hmm. And and focus on them. And after a few months, I started applying on, on several of these companies. Mm-hmm. And at the end, got the uh, an offer from from Amazon, mm-hmm. and and that was the reason that I that I moved to California. Wow, that that seems like a lot of uh, work and a challenging time. But at the same time, as you said, it really made you question and realize that software development was where you wanted to be. Are you glad you stayed? Uh, yes, I'm really happy, and I and I think that um, uh, that yeah, that, that time of reflection and making sure that it's what I wanted, and focusing on certain concepts, and you know, getting like it's, it's different when someone is teaching you something because and and you go to college, even though it might be interesting, it's something that you are more passive and say mm-hmm. like. Uh, I'm just getting this knowledge because it's what I need to do to get uh, my title, let's say. But then when you actually study because you wanted to, you know, like I really want to spend, you know, the three months uh, studying this and, and uh, not because someone assigned me to do it or because it's a prerequisite for something else, which it might be, but because you want it and you're enjoying it, then it's, uh, I think it gets more in depth. And, and yeah, since since I've been working in, in the in the past um, seven years, uh, seven a year, well, seven years, yeah, it's uh, it has been like a great uh, experience for me. That, I think this is a fantastic segue, you know, because um, part of what was 
part of how you were able to get that job at, you know, these bigger tech firms was studying those basic or harder computer science uh, concepts. And you recently started a YouTube channel where precisely you go over a lot of the fundamental computer science concepts in a really fun and engaging way. So how did you get the idea to start the channel? So uh, I saw a lot of people being YouTubers and I wanted to be a YouTuber. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but, um, but besides of that, I also saw like um, so sometimes uh, it, it, it's hard for me. Uh, and, and I saw that opportunity to, to say like, uh, I want to learn this topic. But you know, when you see like, yeah, you have even you, you have very good courses on the internet, you know, like right now you can find on, especially in computer science, you can find a lot of things. You have even free Stanford classes online mm -hmm. where you like, I cannot pretend to be uh, <laughs> even close to that uh, on my channel, but, but you know, like sometimes you can get them in a snack sized uh, bits and you can mm -hmm. say, okay, so you know that a data structures course if you want to really learn it maybe you need you know like spend more time but let me see if i can make it you know in five minutes mm -hmm. and, and 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 so i've been trying to do this type of topics like very like very short and very like having a good overview of of them mm -hmm. and trying to cover all the basics uh, and and then um, the idea for the channel is because I was trying to think how can I make it, you know, like something that lasts in time. How mm. can you make the channel long enough and having enough content for people, and and, and keep it interesting? And for me, it was about uh, you know this as a developer, you have a story, yeah. <laughs> and that's why the the channel is called a Dev Story uh -huh. because you you start learning the basics and. And sometimes even before that, you you have people that are switching from another career into computer science, then get the basics, then uh, you learn designing systems, and then you know in the future you are dealing with how, how to deal with um, agile methodologies or with different type of roles in the company. So so I saw it as a, it's, it's going to have a, a hopefully <laughs> a lot of progression on that side. You know, like uh, I'm learning computer science topics, but at the same time. I'm learning how to be uh, a, a good developer in and in, in a good uh, colleague, let's say, like a good teammate in in, in the companies. And um, and in that sense, it's like yeah, you know, like sometimes it's a challenge. And I guess you you have experience also with with the podcast. It's it's a it's a very time consuming process, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you have to think a lot about what people could like. If the things that you like are the same that the people will like, yeah. <laughs> if, if the idea is good but the execution is bad, you know, or, or you know, you you have you you challenge a lot yourself and you you make sure to get uh, good feedback from people and, and your friends and saying like criticize me, you know, like do this and criticize me. And for me, it was even for myself. I said like even if I fail doing the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Like when I see fail, like, you know, like not getting enough people to, to, to want to look at my content, mm -hmm. I, I can still learn a lot from it. Like both by reviewing computer science topics and, you know, trying to make things simpler, 
is uh, that's uh, the uh, the Feynman technique. That is, mm -hmm. if you can explain to someone something in easy terms, it's because you understand it very well. So for me, it's like I need to review the topic, make it easy, enjoyable. If I can do that, then it means that I also learned the topic very well. Mm -hmm. And and at the same time, improving certain skills, you know, like uh, communication skills, making sure I can uh, uh, communicate effectively, uh, be like ha have better public speaking skills, this kind of thing, you know, like even if I fail, I learn something and and it's good to try. I So, so, so I just, I don't know, I give it a chance and see how far it gets <laughs> no it's a, it's terrific I love all of the overhead angles that you have you know and how you switch it up and you make these drawings that are very personable um you're also you've been a coach at Code Bar for over four years now um and I feel like your YouTube channel is is that way you're very personable and it's almost like okay come and sit down with me and you know let's let's have a, a cup of coffee and I'm going to explain to you something, you know, it feels very like warm and inviting in that way. Whereas this is a topic that can be really scary for especially beginners. Right. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you very much for, for that feedback. So, so far, um, what has, what have you learned from starting the channel? Oof, a lot of things. <laughs> Like uh, at the beginning, I was, um, you know, when you start thinking, I'm, I'm not sure, like later, I would like to know how, how it was for you for the podcast. But uh, for me, you know, it's this decision where you start thinking about, okay, so I'm going to try to do something, you know, maybe I should do a blog uh, or should I do, you know, uh, a, a blog with the <laughs> V <laughs> and like a YouTube channel or something. And, and then after you decide that and you say, okay, what should be the format? You know, like you cannot uh, change a lot. Like one video will be completely different from the previous one because then, it, you know, people will get confused. Mm. And and this, this thing about designing the content, making sure that it's enjoyable, making sure that I understand the concept um, good enough so I can summarize it in five minutes. Uh, and the, in the first one, in the in the first videos and well later I, I've been trying to you know like not 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 care too much about that but in the first videos I was struggling to make them you know very short I was always get up to 10 minutes or 15 minutes and say like you need to be half of this you know <laughs> how can I make it shorter and, and and doing a lot of reviews then looking at the camera while recording is uh, something that is very different than for example have, having presentations like I've been doing a lot of presentations and I thought, I, okay, so if I'm good presenting, then I should be good doing videos. You know, there's not an audience. I shouldn't be afraid. afraid. And, and for me, it has been even more scary to be in front of the camera than in front of people. Yeah. Because you have to look straight and, you know, you, you cannot, you know, like, ah, let me think about the word. Mm. So, you know, these kind of things look very bad in video, like yeah. in presentations as well, you know. But this is like in presentations, you can look at the audience or do rhetorical questions sometimes in a, in a very fun way, or you can forget a word and go, you know, like to the slides and, and come back in videos. It's, it's hard. Like you need to be very good editing videos. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know, I didn't know anything about editing, uh, how YouTube worked. I didn't know how the metrics worked, how, um, 
you know, like learning about myself also about certain things that I would say or do while I'm on camera. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and these kind of things, you know, like how, how to prepare presentations very short, very, what, what is the fast way, how to review the content, you know, all, all this stuff uh, has been very, very interesting for me. <laughs> yeah, it's challenging now and it's scary, as you said, uh, the minute you turn on a camera for a lot of people, they freeze. It yeah. seems very simple now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or recording, sometimes, you know, like I would put the camera and I start recording and then speak, do my my video and then realize either that the camera was, you know, not recording out of battery or <laughs> these kind of things. Or, you know, you were out of uh, of the frame or if you if I put the camera like uh, with, uh, with the, you know, the screen looking like I can see the screen so I can see that it's recording. I can see uh, sometimes I'm looking at myself to make sure that I'm in frame and everything is, looks fine instead of looking at the point of where the camera is at. So sometimes you see like, okay, so I'm not looking directly at the camera or, you know, and, uh, you know, this small stuff that uh, also sound, making sure that the sound, uh, it's it's better. Um, lighting, these kind of things. Like my, my sister is... Um, is a specialist in lighting. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and she has been working, like she's uh, the artist uh, part of the family. <laughs> she she has worked in the music videos and helping, you know, putting this in for, for the music videos and, and makeup and these kind of things. And then when I was doing all this stuff and learning, you know, like the hard way by trial and error, and we'll talk to her and say, yeah, yeah, you should do this and you should do that. Yeah, it's, it's something that now you understand why I suffer at work, you know, doing these kind of things. And it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> I now understand it better. I think it's really interesting at this point in, in your career, you know, where you have 10 years under your belt and uh, your 10,000 hours of programming, right, to get you to that level of mastery to put yourself in something where you're a complete beginner it's has it uh impacted your programming or the way you see things um i would say mostly the way i see things uh, programming i have uh, since i am explaining more the concept the mm -hmm. concepts um i would say that programming not that much but yeah i think improving uh, this this is skills of public speaking a little bit and trying to be more coaching, trying to be that, that, that you mentioned about uh, being warm in the video, you know, like uh, trying to say, okay, so I have this notebook, let me try to explain, you know, a little bit easier this, this concept and, and, and making sure that I can polish those skills so I can translate them to, to other roles, you know, at work, I can say, okay, so, you know, let's see it and I will explain this or that. Um, yeah, and understanding also different other aspects. You know, I try also sometimes to be more generalist than specialist, mm -hmm. and trying to to see those angles, as I mentioned, like uh, you know, like video production uh, angle. Okay, so I understand this. Also, when you are having subscribers or or uh, views on your channel, if um, makes me relate to, for example, when a company launches an app or, for mm -hmm. example, King launches a game and it's like, uh, 
the, all the things that you have to go through, right? Like if you have to spend on marketing, if you need to uh, make it viral, how do you make your video viral? And, and, and this kind of things is like, gets me a little bit of an overview and seeing more the effort, you know, and, and, and how many times I've seen people like on YouTube that you see that are like, oh, they look very spontaneous. Yeah, for them, it's, this video is easy to do, you know? And, and then you see, after you see all the work that is behind them to look spontaneous and to look, uh, you know, how many repetitions of a video maybe that person had to do. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, I don't know, it uh, has been like giving me another perspective about, <laughs> about things. Yeah, or even what you mentioned, you know, um, when you have to align your interest with, uh, what your audience wants. I think it's very similar to an app, right? You have to figure out what is it that, what are you making for people? What does your customer want? Like, what are their pain points? What are, uh, yeah, what are what are you trying to solve for them? And I think it's similar with, with a YouTube channel or a podcast. And I think it's one of the most difficult things, no? When yes, you're just yes. starting out, yes, yeah, because you're trying to, you're trying to figure it out. You you don't want to be like too cautious. Well, it's the same as in uh, yes, companies, right? Like you don't have you don't want to be too cautious mm-hmm. because if you are too cautious, then you will be late or you will never mm. even start to do things. If if you are afraid, no, I want to be my podcast or my YouTube channel. I want it to be perfect. It's like mm-hmm. you're never going to get it, and. So, so you need to be out there and try things, but also if you try too many things, then it's also confusing for the audience, right? So yeah. it's like you need to you know, and, and you will see like if you, if you go through my YouTube channel in my first uh, six or ten videos, uh, you will see a lot of changes happening, like the angle of the camera, then the, the position where the notebook is recorded, the you know a lot a lot, a lot of things like subtitles or boxes or things showing on the UI uh, on, on the on the um, on the video. Until more or less, I start getting, uh, you know, uh, a more consistent format, you know. And even though I, the first video I already started with a format, I, I knew that I wanted to, uh, you know, to have the notebook, for example. And 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 and, but then you know, playing with the notebook, uh, what would be the best angle if the if the font is too small or too large for people? And you know, like I don't know, the whole process is quite interesting and makes you learn a lot. You know, this is super interesting what you're mentioning about launching. Um, I think for me, starting the podcast has improved my coding in a weird way because um, for me, there's an element of perfectionism, right? Like I'm not going to show my code or the projects that I do until they're perfect, until it's perfectly responsive, until all the fonts are great or uh, all the functionality is working great. But then, as you said, like you never show it to anyone because it's never perfect. And with the podcast, I've forced myself like the audio is terrible. My background is ugly. Um, You know, I have twins in the house and it's hard to film sometimes, but I still keep uh, putting out the episodes because in every single one I learn something and in every single one that uh, it's only by shipping that you can improve basically. And I think it's very similar to software development. Yes, yes, I totally agree with that. It has been the same experience for me. (laughs) (laughs) 
So you mentioned that one of your goals in the next five years is to improve your soft skills. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of people getting into programming, they don't think like public speaking, coaching, versatility and influence. Influence was a, a big surprising, you know, one for me that was on your list. Can you talk about like how those uh, come into play in your job? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's, uh, you know, there is this stereotype that you would see a lot of in movies, like uh, the lone coder in one dark room coding, you know, like they might be people like that and they might be valuable for companies, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, for their own personal uh, things. Uh, but, but I would say that most of the time programming, it's a very social skills. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's something that you usually, uh, for example, for me, I don't, I don't want to do it all only by myself. Like I can do code, but uh, it's usually like you need to talk with someone that has a problem that you need to code because otherwise, why would you code something unless, you know, like you want to study or practice this stuff. But if uh, usually you're solving other stuff, so you need to talk to people that have that problem, <laughs> how to translate it to, to programming talk to other uh, programmers about uh, if, if my code is good or not. Like one time I, I read something like, uh, if you ask, I don't know, a Stephen King or something like, um, what books do you read? What books influence you, you know, like, uh, and he said, oh, I don't read, you know, I just uh, write, I like to write. Huh. It would be very well seen on the author, you know, like you cannot be an author if you don't read books, right? Like you, you cannot be a good, uh, book writer if, if you don't read books but yeah. in programming sometimes some people have uh, or it's, it has been well seen like yeah I don't read other people's code I just write my code you know and and make it social like you read other people's code or uh, get input from other people improves a lot of your your technical skills mm. so being able to communicate um, with other programmers as well as with other roles like uh, the QA the product manager, uh, other types of managers in the company, engineering managers. It's, um, I would say it's a very good skill mm. uh, to, to have, to be able to, at the end you're solving a problem and you need a different visions to solve the problem. One of the visions is technology. So, so you need uh, to, to be sure that everyone gets the same view. And if you can be part of that solution of I'm able to connect people to get to the solution and then, you know, I will code it or I will help uh, implementing the solution on tech or express what issues I have in tech to other people. Uh, I think it's a very good skill. Um, and then you get uh, coaching, you know, like uh, coaching and, well, that's a part of the, the, I was talking about public speaking and versatility mostly. Um, but the coaching part is also the same, right? Like um, you, you don't know everything. And it's impossible to try to learn everything in computer science uh, every day, like is, is even more <laughs> broad and you have a lot of specialists just in one area. And, and even since I started studying, like for example, when I entered college, it was in 2003, uh, Google Maps or YouTube didn't exist or existed, but it was not known, you know, and now you have all these tools. Mm -hmm. And and the same has changed a lot of the market, like the type of technologies that you can use, even careers that have been created, you know, just 
in the last five years that or, or three years. So you, you get out of college and now there exist new careers that you even had the choice to study before. Yeah. So so it's impossible for you to know anything and uh, everything. So but you, you know certain things and you can help someone else to get those skills uh, uh, faster or you can make them take that decision, you know, like when you're questioning certain things, I should do that or should do that, you know, make make sure that the person is able to to improve their skills mm-hmm. and, and and to get uh, the goals that a person wants to get. And if you can help a little bit on that side, then, you know, like, you know, like you can also get maybe someone can coach you and help you on the skills that you're also missing. Mm-hmm. And then on the influence is a little bit about uh, all, of, all of the other together, because it's about um, so, sometimes uh, it's it's hard to well it's always hard to make decisions you know like sometimes it's easier to see all the problems but to know which problem you need to tackle how to tackle the problem and how to solve it you know it's it, it's hard mm-hmm. so being able to to help in that sense and and be sure that I can, you know, like I have this context that I can help you with in 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 and be convincing in my arguments. Uh, if 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 I know a path, a possible path to get to the solution, you know, having that skill of being convincing and and make sure that you know my arguments are solid. I have this and that, and I'm able to express it. You know, because sometimes you might be right, but you cannot express it correctly, mm. and, <laughs> or you don't know like all the parts that are playing, or you are not understanding like uh, what's happening here. You know, like there is interactions that are not working. So being able to to fix those interactions between people and being sure that you can get uh, your word out there. Uh, and being listened to is uh, is one of the skills that I would say that that are important for me. <laughs> and how how do people how can someone work on their influence? So there are well a lot of things. <laughs> one of the things is yeah uh, public speaking. You know, making sure that you you can get um, your ideas verbalized or vocalized. Uh, so. So you're able to say, I have this idea and I'm able to explain my idea clearly to someone else. You know, that's that's one way to, to get it. Um, if you f- if, if you feel and, and everyone understands your ideas and make sure that you can have that debate uh, between uh, different people and get your argument across, even though it could be rejected, but you know, like making sure that your ideas are out and understood by other people, then mm-hmm. it's... Uh, I would say something good to do. So vocalize uh, your ideas um, or structure your ideas correctly. And there are a lot of other things like, for example, uh, understanding, being sure that you don't understand your um, strengths and weaknesses, making sure that I know that I tend to do this or I, t- I tend to come too strong or I tend to, you know, like too shy. So I... I being sure that uh, those both things, you balance them out because sometimes people would say like, yeah, the idea was good, but you know, like uh, this person came too strong to me or they, they didn't even mm. talk to, you know? So so this kind of the skills of knowing yourself mm-hmm. and and helping uh, balancing out that. And of course, then uh, there are more things like even the other person, you know, like some people might 
be more willing or not. That depends on the different people on how to listen to the idea. Some people are more visual. Some people are uh, prefer to listen to the idea directly. Um, so, so getting the message right, right. Uh, to, to the right people at the right time, you know, these kind mm-hmm. of things are, I, I would say, help a lot to, to get more uh, influence. Yeah, that's, those are some great tips. Um, I wanted to switch over now to your time at King because King is, you work at King. It's uh, a gaming company for those listening, the creators of Candy Crush, right? Correct. Yes, I've been working at King for five years now. Almost five years. In one month, it would be one year. Well, <laughs> and King is one of the model companies here in Barcelona that, you know, they do a lot of things for creating inclusive environments, uh, and my audience obviously is very interested in career transitions. And then once you're there, how do we create those inclusive environments so that people from different backgrounds stay in the industry and can thrive? So I wanted to ask you a bit about um, King and some of the practices there. Sure. So I would say, for example, King, and in order to make a safe and inclusive work environment, King mm-hmm. has uh, makes a lot of effort first on its culture and its values. Um, you will see that from uh, from the hiring process to to um, unconscious biases trainings, mm-hmm. uh, special trainings for 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 managers to be inclusive as as well, and. And, and 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 yeah, as I mentioned, like the culture is one of the most, uh, I would say, mo- most of the the, the the strongest part, I would say, that you can find in the company. And then you also have different type of uh, initiatives that are done at the company. For example, we have the different employees networks, uh, support networks in the company, like women at King, uh, for for women, well, uh, that that work in the king. Then you have Royal Unicorn for a GTB plus uh, non-binary, and we also have Kaleidoscope that is an initiative for um, celebrate, promote, and celebrate diversity in ethnicity. Okay. And so so this this kind of uh, initiatives we have a lot. We also have actual business goals based on that. Like mm. uh, we we are trying to make it. Like 50 percent of uh, diverse uh, hiring mm-hmm. in the company for 2020, and, and 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 has been increasing since the past couple of years. You know, like first, like last year was 40 percent, and now we're trying to get into 50 percent. And uh, yeah, uh, some scholarship as well that we do. Scholarships for. Yes. So, so, so we have, for example, the initiatives that are done outside the company, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, are about, um, for example, we have the women uh, game, uh, sorry, the, the King Women in Games Scholarship. Okay. That, that is about, uh, well, it's an initiative that started five years ago. And it's also now an Activision Blizzard King uh, wide program that were 15 uh, women uh, non-binary candidates get to the go to the EDC or the game developers conference mm-hmm. and pay by by king uh, which is a great initiative if someone you know like wants to to learn more about gaming and, and technology but also you know like partnering with uh, for example uh, ADA the national college uh, for digital skills in the UK 
mm-hmm. where where Kim funds the college, provide mentors, help with the curriculum design, uh, provide the speakers, and and does these kind of activities as well. That's like I would say, like those initiatives are more uh, towards uh, the wider world, not only yeah, inside the company. Yeah, that's terrific. So. Uh, yeah, because I think a lot of people do have this question, a lot of companies, you know, how to hire more women in tech. And um, as you mentioned, you have to start from the selection process, from how you're hiring, training people from with unconscious bias, uh, training so that you're aware of how you're hiring people, how you treat people within the company. And then also having initiatives within the company to make sure that, you know, you can discuss different types of diversity issues, different uh, women, members of the LGBTQI plus non-binary community. And then you also have Kaleidoscope, right, that tackles race and ethnicity. And then there's other greater initiatives outside in the community that companies can do you know, by sponsoring scholarships, sponsoring uh, grassroots local communities or meetups or um, different initiatives that are working on the ground to get this diversity trained, right? Those are some fantastic initiatives. Any, any other things that come to mind? Well, I can think about, for example, um, yeah. Well, as I mentioned, inside the company, we have this uh, a lot, a lot of vision about this, and a lot of awareness, I would say, about uh, these kind of things. And there are also the programs, like for example, uh, uh, something that we call Kicking Glass, uh, that is about uh, providing, uh, accelerating women and non-binary employees into leadership, and by helping, mm. like giving them more exposure, uh, having. A coaching and mentoring specific for for uh, for people to to get into you know leadership roles as well inside the company. Yeah, that's a really important issue because uh, in many companies, right, you have at the top in the leadership roles, it it gets uh, not very diverse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, hard, it's hard it's hard to. To tackle those issues, but so it's uh, so I'm really happy to be you know at, at King and, and seeing these initiatives happening and uh, and 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 I'm sure we can improve a lot, but it's I, I see a lot of difference uh, with other companies that I'm being working with, so it's, or that I've worked in the past with, so it's um, so it's yeah I, I think it's very good initiatives overall, and of course we also have hosted you know events like Code Bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, King, actually. And, and, uh, that's where Code Bar was launched at King. Oh yeah, the Code Bar Barcelona. It was uh, it was our first sponsor and a very welcoming company who opened the doors and gave us the space and you know lots of coaches. So we've oh, been wow. very grateful to King because it helped. Didn't know we were Codebar. the first. <laughs> it helped uh, launch Code Bar Barcelona. Nice. Okay, so I wanted to end with just some fun rapid fire questions. Okay. So what is one personal habit or daily routine that contributes to your success? 
So I try to always keep in balance a certain like my all the things um like do some a little bit of something but uh, one one skill was something that I do every day to to make sure that I achieve my goals is to have a list of the things that I have for the day and at the end of the day I review them and see which ones I accomplished and and try to put a plus or a minus if I feel like I invested my time correctly during the day hmm. and at the end of the week I I review them and see how more or less was the week. You know, if I had more pluses than than minuses, <laughs> and, and that helps me, you know, focus. Yeah. You do this on a big Excel sheet or on paper? I do it. Yeah, I do two things. Like uh, at the end of the week, I do it on a, a spreadsheet mm-hmm. just to get the summary of what happened during the week. But daily, I do it on my notebook. So I I just put like uh, at the end of the day, if it was a plus or a minus, depending if I if I felt I invested my time correctly. <laughs> wow. And do you have the same with you know like your goals, yearly goals? Yes. Well, yearly sometimes it's hard. Like I can I I try to do it every December. You know, before you New Year's Eve, as everyone like I'm going to the gym this year. <laughs> <laughs> but then you know, like uh, sometimes planning for years is harder. So I try to do it uh, like weekly or or daily. Sometimes you know, like or you know, like as far away when when you're getting further away, then it's harder for me to to be sure that I don't know what's going to happen in six months. You know. But uh, especially this year. <laughs> but um, but yeah, at least uh, at the beginning of the week, I say I want to accomplish this, and then every day I have the task of the things that I want to do, and and just at the end of the day, I say a plus or a minus, and then at the end of the week, I check both the goals and those uh, how was my time invested during the week, and trying to balance out. And when I see too many like. If I see too many weeks going fine, then you know I'm going doing good. If mm-hmm. I have too many weeks going bad, then I need to check something. Either I'm setting goals outside of my, um, you know, scope. Like I'm I'm trying to achieve things that are too hard for me, or mm-hmm. I'm doing it, uh, you know, or I'm not very doing very well. You know, like maybe. I'm having all the issues or I have so many interruptions or, you know, maybe I'm not focused. So, so I try to, to see that, you know, and in the, in the spreadsheet, yeah, I just put it in red or green. So it's easy to see like, Oh, it has been, you know, two or three weeks red. So I need to see something uh, versus if it's green. I think that's a really good uh, thing that you can implement even with programming. Yeah. Yeah. You can see, like, how am I doing with my learning? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, if it, it, it's good to compare, and that is your own metric, and you're not comparing to someone else. Mm-hmm. In that case, because it gives you, you know, your own perception of of progress. You know, like. Yeah, very important. I think. <laughs> very yeah. important. Not to. And, and of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and of course that part of. You know, sometimes you're setting unrealistic expectations for you. So making sure that when you're having, when you're consistently not achieving your goals every week, maybe lower your goals and and, and see if you can achieve them. And then, you know, start getting motivated again to, hmm. to do more and more. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I always start too hard and then with everything, you know, I'm going to run <laughs> 10 kilometers. <laughs> But as you yeah. said, it's better to 
start by trying to run for five minutes and then increase it progressively. Yeah. And with yeah. programming, it's the same thing. Yeah. I, I give advice, not example, because I also do the same thing. Like <laughs> I get frustrated with the, <laughs> sometimes I set unrealistic expectations and then I have to review them afterwards. Okay, so maybe I should lower them, but I feel bad because I'm lowering them. And um, <laughs> but, it's, uh, but it's motivating when you start achieving things. You know, if you set up too unrealistic, then, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to read, you know, right now, like, you see Bill Gates reading three books a week. And I say, like, I've read 10 books in the last year. So it's like, I cannot go <laughs> <laughs> to three a week. You know, it's like uh, something that you need to to think about. Yeah, that's a really good, I think, uh, piece of advice. So what's one absurd thing that you love doing? Something that I love doing, uh, it, it, it's hard. Like I, I focus on too many things and that's something that I need to fix because I, I really like uh, doing a lot of stuff. I, I, I A lot of stuff. I, for example, enjoy a lot of programming, but also playing video games, also playing volleyball, also play <laughs> paddle, martial arts. So it's like, I, I really like a lot of things. And uh so for me, it's, it's it's hard to pick only one, you know, like I think the combination of them make it. Uh, Makes uh, your life balanced good. and yeah. Yeah. Huh, that's good. I think <laughs> a lot of people in programming are also that way, you know, they love the novelty and they love doing different things. Yeah. I'm really bad at all of them, but it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, like it, it makes me uh, happy to do them. So it's uh, <laughs> That's great. Do you have a morning routine? Um, not actually. Well, just waking up and <laughs> and have breakfast. Uh, that for sure. I always uh, have my breakfast. And uh, no, not much beyond that. Just reviewing a little bit the news, getting up to speed. Uh, like I have family uh, on the other side of uh, in America. It's like Venezuela and, and that side of the world. And so I need to catch up with the WhatsApps and this and this kind of things. But but no, no, not much. What's the number one thing that has contributed to you becoming a better programmer? Wow. <laughs> That's a hard question. Number one thing. I don't know. The the thing that comes up to my mind, I would say, and I will steal this from uh, from from Lori that I had that chat with her in uh, recently in my channel, but it's also really like I really have present that it's a, it's about ego management. Mm. Uh, she 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 said it for a lot of reasons, but for me, ego management for like what I was mentioning before with the college that I felt you know like yeah I can get any work any job and whatever, but in programming you sometimes you know like one day you are really good and did something that you know executed perfectly didn't have any bugs and anything and it's yeah the next day you might be experiencing something that question why you started your career <laughs> <laughs> like um you know a big bug that you cannot find and then someone is asking you for explanations and you say like i'm not sure why this is happening and 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 trying to dig that you know like into that issue and knowing what's happening and being able to explain it to other people like yeah this is happening because of this issue or that issue it's 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 hard uh, it's hard and it's uh, humbling i would say so being sure that 
you're able to manage that frustration and make sure that the value that you have of yourself is uh, is, is, is trying to get consistent, you know, like either you, you don't feel, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really awesome <laughs> and no, I'm really bad, you know, like uh, you, you have, I, I would say that you switch a lot <laughs> yeah. during programming towards those states. So you being more humble, being able to get feedback on the, on your code being sure that it's not that you are always right, you know, like this kind of thing. Yeah, it's, you know, my code has to be right, you know, these kind of things. Uh, I, I would say that improves a lot, you know, making sure that you're humble and, and able to, to manage that frustration. <laughs> so even after 10 years, you still have those, uh, it's fantastic that you put it this with these um changes of state right between like i'm the worst and i'm the best <laughs> yeah of course i try to balance it now like i'm like not trying not but but yeah it's uh, I, I would say it happens a lot you know like sometimes even even after three years for me it has been like like that yeah like yeah you have different type of issues sometimes you know like you missed uh, an important requirement maybe at the beginning you know you you oh i didn't put this if here well, it still happens also <laughs> after ten years, but but it's like something like 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 that, you know, like uh, yeah, that sometimes some days are really good. You finish your work, everything went smoothly, and then other days, you know, like the things that you wanted to do don't are not easy. You need to think about outside the box, and this is what I mentioned: like computer science is both creative and logic. Mm -hmm. So sometimes one of the two things fail for you. <laughs> Like maybe the creative part, like I need to solve this problem this way. And then after focusing a lot of time on that, you say, actually, if I did it this other way, it could have been easier. And, and you know, being aware of those things or for you, how late it is to change the approach. So being aware that maybe, you know, like you're not right um, mm -hmm. or that maybe there are other options. And yeah. <laughs> and what advice would you have for beginners? Because I think for beginners, there's this kind of, um, almost anxiety state of I'm doing something wrong. I'm not there yet. There's so much I need to learn. Uh, you know, it's that balances more towards the um, I'm awful at this, right? Uh, yeah. How do you manage? How have you learned to manage that anxiety or the frustration and ha have it be channeled in a positive way? Because I, I also see that you can lash out at you know, colleagues or, uh, or have it yeah. be come out in not very positive or productive ways. Yeah. I, I think it goes, uh, it's a, it's a lot about what I mentioned about ego management, be sure that you, you don't measure your worth based on how the code goes out there. Uh, and, and I will borrow a little bit of experience, for example, from my wife that she also took courses to, to learn programming. She's an accountant. But also from from Anka and Lori that I interviewed, like they are from Codeboard, and I interviewed them in the in in my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Anka, I think Anka said, like you have to love the struggle, mm. and 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 I think that's that's the key part, right? If you are not loving or you are really frustrated too much <laughs> about that struggle, it's 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 hard to. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get things done. Like you need yeah. to 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 know that struggle of saying like, uh, yeah, I hate the job, 
but you know like making sure that you focus that and try to go step by step and then take the logical uh, approach of okay so what's happening here then what's happening here okay so maybe if i think this other way i can fix it you know so it's i would say in, in a way it's it's about it's also calming to say like if you are very frustrating trying to to stop and think again one step at a time mm-hmm. <laughs> and and understand what's happening you know and 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 try to solve it from there so so yeah and about lashing to colleagues it's about that as well like being able to vocalize your frustration you know like uh making sure making sure that you are expressing your idea and not you know just saying something regretful you know like uh yeah insulting someone or like that it's like if you if this code is bad or this code causes issues then you know it's that code and and let's fix it you know it's, yeah. it's what is wrong with the code it's not something like yeah your code is bad why, why is it bad you know like or why is it good sometimes people say yeah i have i, I write really good code so what is look what is good for you you know like uh so it's it's about questioning a lot of things. I don't know. Yeah, very good. Very good advice about, you know, also, as you said, ego management and being very self-aware. It's, it's a lot of that. So uh, what are two or three items on your bucket list? Oof. <laughs> on my bucket list. Uh, well, right now, I don't know. <laughs> I... Um, I, I I I I think gladly I've been having good life in general and and I try to do the things that I like uh, even though it's small pieces or more pieces I still like to travel uh, so I will keep that on my bucket list I keep traveling mm-hmm. um, but uh, besides that I don't know <laughs> it's like I, I really I really like uh, my like my career as a software developer so for me it's still keep improving on that but i see more more than a bucket list of these other things that i want to do it's more of the things like how can i keep doing what i'm doing better you know mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like both on the personal level on the professional level you know like how can i be better at my work and how can i be more balanced in my personal life you know like how i can have all these hobbies be controlled <laughs> into you know something that uh, that is meaningful perfect all right i'll end with this one what advice would you give to your younger self <laughs> what advice i i, I would say uh, be be more relaxed mm. uh, like sometimes i i i i could stress uh, too much and thinking about the future and thinking about like uh, what will happen if this happens you know or, or if I'm programming and trying to get something like I need to get this fast done and you know deliver as soon as possible whatever it you know gets out and most of the time it's not like a good thing having worked on you know like medical software or something like that actually people are on the line <laughs> so so it's something like it's usually okay to be delayed but do it the proper solution and it's you know like wait until you get more context in general in life like sometimes you stress about things that could happen but they don't happen so it's uh mm. you know like uh, 
yeah, try to see one one day at a time and see, okay, so in the case of the code, you know, like think well, try to solve the problem and then we will see instead of just going out there. But also in life, like not try to go for stress on that situation, just try to manage it. Once someone told me like, uh, occupy, don't preoccupy, you know, oh. like, uh, mm-hmm. so this kind of thing, like, what can I do? And then I start doing on that and instead of thinking about what could go wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Usually, you know, what you're worrying about happening doesn't happen and it's the things that you didn't plan for, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Professionally, sometimes you can see so certain things like systems going down, and you need to get them back up as soon as possible. But then, when you get it back up, if you don't do it responsibly, or you know, like it has to be fast, but not recklessly fast. Yeah. So it's like uh, sometimes you can cause even more uh, damage uh, for trying to to be at the top of speed. So it's uh, yeah, and even with your life, right? Um, the yeah. things that you didn't expect like that time that you moved to the US and it was really hard and you were questioning um, your career in the end life takes you in funny ways it strengthened your resolve for wanting to be a developer and now you are living in this great city meeting yeah, lots yeah. of people mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's good to reflect on and on that you know, even at those times you know having some time to think about uh, and of course there are certain things like you can control and others that you cannot control so it's it, it's about that you know like when everything looks messy mm-hmm. or when you are not sure about the path forward you still have the time to think about okay so let me see what i need to do you know unless you of course even even if you're running from a fire you know you don't you cannot run uh, yeah, I'm, I'm running for my life, you know, or something. Yeah, you need to look where the exit is, you know, like you, you need to still not run frantically without knowing where to go. You need to to find, you know, to take the calm enough to, to know where the exit is, you know, so it's uh, <laughs> so keeping calm in stressful situations. <laughs> Great advice. Well, Christian, I wanted to acknowledge you for your generosity. Um, I think it's incredible, this YouTube channel that you're starting. Uh, You know, you have a lot of things going on. You're quite busy, but you take the time to help people. And we see it at Code Bar as well. You've impacted so many lives. You've sat down with people and had the patience to explain things. And now you're doing this with with your YouTube channel. Um, And I think... Some of these concepts, as I said, that are very scary for people, especially for beginners, you're sitting down, giving it a really warm, welcoming touch. And it's incredibly generous of you because it does take a lot of work behind the scenes. But I wanted to acknowledge you for that. And thank you very much for your work. Thank you very much for your kind words. And uh, it has been great being in the, in the podcast. I think it's also a great idea. And from Codebar, what can I say? You are an organizer of Codebar Barcelona. So it's, uh, it's really impressive what you have done. Thank you for inviting me today. <laughs>